This is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1697, Avengers Infinity War Movie Review. I'm Brian Christman. I'm Shane Kelly. I'm Adam Murdo. I'm Chris Everly. And I'm Matt. And welcome to the show. This is our movie review of Avengers Infinity War. So, of course, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Infinite spoilers. (laughs) Forewarned is forearmed. But first, a word from our sponsor. And that sponsor is The Collection Drawer Company, maker of the Drawer Box Storage System, the easy-access comic storage solution. And let me tell you, folks, that those drawer boxes are a godsend to those of us who have extensive collections still stored in those old-fashioned, lift-the-lid-off-the-top-style cardboard uh, long boxes. Um, this, uh, the drawer box is a variation on that theme, except instead of having a lid on the top that lifts off to access the comics from the top, uh, it has a, an inner shell that uh, pulls out of the front front of the box like a drawer so that you can access your comics that way. That way you can stack more boxes one atop the other and still be able to access them even if the the, the box is on the bottom by pulling out that drawer from the front. Easy peasy. Uh, you can stack them as high as five one atop the other. Uh, it's really very convenient and a great space saver. It's great for convenient access to your comics. Uh, the Collection Drawer Company also offers accessories such as the Box Locks Stabilizer, which uh, prevents box tipping and allow, uh, provides even greater long-term stacking strength for your collection of boxes. Uh, and there's also the Box Sort Upright Divider, which uh, prevents the contents of your drawer boxes from falling over, prevents spine cracking, and it's also a good organizational tool for uh, uh, the, the, the comics within. And they offer drawer boxes in a variety of different shapes and sizes, uh, so you can use them not only for comics, but for magazines, for action figures, for LPs, etc. Uh, they're stronger than they've ever been, uh, owing to uh, recent improvements to the design. Now they've added an extra reinforcing layer of cardboard to the outer shell, so it's now triple strength. Uh, previously, this was only available in the magazine-sized drawer boxes, but now all drawer boxes are made that way. Uh, they're strong enough that uh, you can... <laughs> They actually had a little thing going on at San Diego a while ago where they encouraged uh, cosplaying attendees to uh, hit their boxes with hammers, and lo and behold, they survived beautifully. So um, uh, visit CollectionDrawer.com to read more about it. Uh, That is the home of the Collection Drawer Company, maker of the drawer boxes. And if you decide you want to take that plunge and convert your uh, collection storage from old-fashioned long boxes to drawer boxes, uh, they do offer large volume order discounts, so they, they'll, they'll be happy to work with you uh, to uh, make your uh, dream collection organization happen. That's CollectionDrawer.com. All right. So we've all seen Avengers Infinity War at least once. Who's seen it twice? Twice. I saw it twice Woo-hoo. as well. I've, I've seen it twice. Nope. Okay. <clears throat> Just once. Okay. I'll get it again in Stone Harbor. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll do some initial thoughts. Uh, on the movie, I'll start. Um, I, I loved it. It was great seeing it in, in a full in full theaters both both times. Yeah. Listen to the response from the audience, the applause from like Cap showed up when Thor showed up, and the gasps when characters died. And I'm like, 
wow, I guess I'm just desensitized to this. I was <laughs> well, taken white by surprise. It's not only desensitized, it's knowing they're coming back. Right. I mean, we know what probably will happen for the most part. I don't think the general audience who's followed these movies for 10 years does. So when they're seeing people disappear, they're like, oh, my God. And we're like, all right, next movie. <laughs> I'm thinking it was most well, I, I, I turned to Murr and I said, I whispered to them, they must not have read the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. yeah. Well, you know I, I do want to touch on that later because that's one of the big criticisms I, I read is what's the big deal? We know there, there's another one coming out and we've seen you know, images from the next movie. And I kept thinking if you read the, the, the miniseries – they didn't. They, some characters got killed, and it wasn't at the very end. It was in the middle of the story. Sure. So, I, I mean, that's one of the things I want to touch on, just on some of the reviews that I've read in general about the movie. But I was impressed how, just like Whedon was able to take, you know, the magic that Thor had and the technology that uh, was in Iron Man and um, and stuff from Cap, and just merge those all into one movie. I was impressed of how well they were able to do – the Russo brothers and the writers were able to take even more franchises and intertwine them very nicely together that nothing really seemed out of place. Yeah. And nobody's um, tone seemed to get pushed aside as if we don't acknowledge it. The only thing I thought that was funny with pushing characters together was you had the most egocentric characters all together. So you had <laughs> Iron Man, you had Star-Lord, and you had Doctor Strange – all together, all being egotistic to each other for a time. Um, and then you had everybody else on Earth. <laughs> I loved how all the secondary characters that are in these franchises got to interact a little bit. I mean, not everybody was in it, but enough were in it that it was interesting. It was fun to see. <laughs> uh, any initial thoughts, um, Adam? <laughs> that was uh, Sophie's initial thoughts back there. <laughs> um, yeah, immensely entertaining, uh, very well constructed, uh, briskly and tightly paced. I agree with what Matt said about how every uh, character uh, got uh, his or her own chance to shine, uh, enough space to be themselves, so to speak, you know, enough uh, uh, role to play, and uh, how the, the filmmakers, uh, writer and directors, both... Uh, uh, were able to be so respectful to the tone struck by so many other uh, screenwriters and directors throughout the Marvel Studios uh, cinematic universe. Just um, uh, put together this vision uh, while remaining respectful to the other visions that uh, constituted pains in this quilt that they were stitching together. Um, uh, yeah, and... Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the, most of the characters were treated well. I will say that I would have enjoyed it more if... Uh, their portrayal of Thanos had skewed a little closer to the original vision of Jim Starlin, and we'll say more about that later. But, yeah, I was very satisfied with what I saw up there. It didn't feel like two and a half hours to me. And uh, I will, as I said earlier, see it again. I echo a lot of Merge sentiments. Uh, I was immensely satisfied by this film. I mean, culmination of ten years of movie making, and uh, in line with what everybody was saying, I thought the Rooster brothers and, and the writers they worked with expertly brought together all of the different... Uh, threads of all the universes established uh, through these films and everything so tightly put together I thought every character got got their moment um, it was it was a, just a like if you put it in comic terms it was a well-done crossover hmm. yeah and and that was satisfying on its own right and I'll, I'll differ slightly with Murd here I love the way they interpreted Thanos for the film um, and I I thought this movie really should have been called Thanos, the Infinity War, because the movie's really about Thanos. And I don't say – I say that as a positive, not as a negative. And I love how – I've said this before on the air as we were leading up to this film. I was, I was hoping they wouldn't skimp out on 
the terror of Thanos and the sheer power. And the minute, the minute he kicked the shit out of the Hulk within 30 seconds, I was like, yep, this is my movie. And I was satisfied from that point forward. And for those of you listening who uh, took issue with uh, the ease with which Thanos dispatched Hulk, who is, after all, the strongest one there is, just remember Thanos did have the power gem in his gauntlet at that time. Exactly. Would have been more of a fight otherwise. All right, any other initial thoughts before we dig more deep into the movie? Very enjoyable. Okay. A couple things I, I I just saw online ahead of time that I don't know who said it, but I want to give credit, but I don't know who said it, that it would have been really cool to see, like, a... Moment between Doctor Strange and Iron Man, like a no shit Sherlock kind of exchange yeah. going on. Yeah, <laughs> emphasis on the Sherlock. Yeah, yeah, somebody mentioned that, and again, far sorry for saying shit for the third time already so far. Uh, <laughs> it's been one of those days. Yeah, um, but uh, I, they hit the ground running right after Thor Ragnarok. They sort of went into right that scene of yeah. Thanos' ship, and it was just all on the move. All on the move from there. Yeah. I, I will say it was very interesting. Jonathan Hickman, the writer, of course, who I believe introduced. These Thanos' children, I guess? Uh, the Black Order. The Black Order. The comics, but I, I think they probably thought that name might be misconstrued in the, in the film, so they, they renamed them just the Children of Thanos. Right. But yeah, you're right. He did create those characters. But I, I loved – he tweeted out uh, not too long ago, uh, there's an all-encompassing Infinity War theory thread on my favorite football message board. And I just got told to fuck off because I don't know what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was really cool. (laughs) But yeah, of course, there is between comics and movies. There's different people who know different things. and Everyone has their opinions and so forth. But uh, I didn't. I mean, I knew enough of Infinity War to get by. I never read it. I I still enjoyed this movie thoroughly, and you know, wasn't wasn't surprised all these people sort of dying at the end. That didn't surprise me at all. Surprise me either. Yeah. And and and. With with that said, you know, I saw I got to see it. The plan was to take both kids in the early show, and then something happened with my younger son's schedule that we had to rearrange that. So that's how I got to see it twice in the same day, almost back to back. Both times at the end, both kids said to me, "Well, I'm pretty sure they'll come back, but how are they going to win?" I said, "Well, remember when Doctor Strange said there's one way to win? Yes, he put that in motion, even though he's gone right now." I'm sure he put that in motion from what he saw, and that's where we're heading right now. Yeah, that was the biggest takeaway and question I had is, like, why did he give up the time yeah. stone jam, whatever? And it's like, okay, that's why he, he did to. it because he well, saw yeah, there, there was no way he would do that without a plan because yeah. he already told Tony I would sacrifice all of you in a heartbeat if I have to to protect yeah. uh, the, the, the gem. So pretty much there's, there's no question attitude. that he has yeah. an end game in mind. He saw one way to do it, and even though and, – and Tony may or may not know that. They may have gotten a few minutes to talk about it. And if they didn't, hey, that's fine. But if they did, it's still no less impactful for Tony to see everybody disappearing, especially when it came to Peter then, which is still why he'd be upset and felt defeated anyway, because what if he's wrong? What if something still goes wrong? Now, I'm curious, Matt, because you're a resident guy who always reads Wikipedia for every movie before he goes to see it. Did you do that for this movie as well? Uh so I was curious. I haven't heard anything if there was a post-credit scene, so I at least wanted to get an idea if that was the case. Mm-hmm. And in the research of seeing if there is a post-credit scene, I saw what the post-credit scene was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it also happened to bring me to like the, the first couple minutes of, of the movie. So the bulk of it, I, I had no idea what was going on. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, not that I – I shouldn't say I didn't know what was going on, but a lot of the things that I had a feeling was going to happen uh, happened. And 
I, I did hear, so one of the articles that I read was, these are the key movies to probably watch before you see this. And then there was, another, in the same article, it said, here's some additional things that'll help, uh, movies that you don't have to see, but it, you know, it'll help fill in some of the extra things. And it said, uh, Captain America, First Avenger, to see who the hooded character is. And oh. then when I read that, I was like, so it's either the Red Skull Jeez. or it's uh, Peggy, who are my two predictions, yeah, or maybe even um, um, Erskine. Just, as an, and as, then, just, uh, as, just as, an, as an aside there, real quick, Matt, that was the one moment in the movie I said out loud in the theater. The first time I saw it, I said, holy shit. Again, sorry, the shit. Because I was completely stunned by that. Yeah, yeah that, well, was fa- that was a fantastic moment. I actually, well, that, that was the thing. I was the exact same way. I saw the hood, and as soon as I started to hear a little bit of the voice, I went, Holy shit, the Red Skull. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like Hugo Weaving, though. And then it was revealed that yeah, it, was it was him. And I, and I do like, because Kevin saw it before I did, and we were texting back and forth, and he said, you know, it's something, him and I talked about when is Red Skull going to come back. And he said, it's something we talked about years ago, um, you kind of get a, a wrapped up in here. Uh, but I like the fact that he's the keeper, I guess, of the soul gem, and since he doesn't love anybody to sacrifice, he could never get it. Yeah. Um, but it also brings up with one of the issues that I had with the movie, um, just to throw us out there quick, is I didn't quite understand where he said he also tried to get all the stones. And it sounds as though hardly anyone knew about getting all the stones. So the fact that the Red Skull would know about getting all the stones. I think that only happened when he got to where he was. Okay. I don't think that was before he was teleported off. He was only concerned with the Tesseract then. I think right. once he got there, that's when he started to learn about everything else. And I always figured he was out there somewhere like that, not necessarily guarding the Soul Stone or anything, but just the way First Avenger ended, there was no way he just was dispatched and destroyed. I figured he was teleported. I was just waiting for him to show Some, up. I didn't think it would be this movie, really. Never across my mind. Oh, oh, yeah. And is that, that's a space gem, right? Or a space stone. The Tesseract. the Tesseract, yeah, yeah, that would be that would have been the space gym, yeah. yeah. Okay, so it makes sense that he would be out into space, kind of type yeah. of thing. So, but so for the bulk of it, I had no idea aside from my uh, s- suspicions about who was going to die, and um, I shouldn't say that because I was wrong on some of them, but kind of how things were going to play out. Well, somebody brought up to me. I don't know if it was one of the guys when we went to the movie or whatever that the core Avengers, Iron Man, yeah. Thor. Yeah, that was me. Okay, yeah. Iron Man, Thor. Okay, <laughs> Iron Man, Thor, Cap. Um, Black Widow and am I forgetting Bruce uh, uh, Rhodes? No, no I, Iron Man, Hulk. Thor. Oh, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Cap, and Black Widow all survived. All survived, as which did is, James Rhodes. Which is what? Right. I, well, yeah. so did Rocket, for that matter. Yeah, but, see, but that, that's where I'm thinking. Part of that is is Doctor Strange's plan that those had to survive in some fashion. So we're thinking, even though Thanos is more random in his mind, this is kind of planned. So after Chris said that to me, my mind started thinking. Okay, so this next movie maybe going back to the original Avengers with the core group yeah. trying to solve mm. this problem. And saving and everything that, and reversing it all. That did come so, as something of a surprise to me. I mean, I, like, like the rest of you, I certainly was anticipating that half the universe would die at the end mm. of this movie. Yeah. Uh, but I thought uh, we'd have more of an intergenerational squad of characters, like a mix of like Phase 1 and Phase 2 characters to go and try and take down Thanos in the next movie. But instead, what we get is I didn't expect it to break down quite so, even, uh, so neatly into uh, newer characters dead. Original squad plus Rocket Raccoon still alive. See, I figured. Well, I, I'm but, sorry. Go ahead. I kind of figured that. So those characters, <laughs> once they 
save the universe and reverse everything, some of those characters will go away, whether they die, whether they retire, whether they're just not in the next batch of movies. I think you'll have Chris Evans, you'll have maybe even um, Robert Downey Jr., maybe one of the other ones, all just kind of fade away for mm-hmm. a while. Yeah, because their contracts are almost up. So yeah. So for, for that reason, for that extra textual reason, it does make some sense that yeah. we have mostly the first and, phase characters. And, and make them the big heroes. Not that like, they aren't already. I mean, they've, they've built this universe on, on their backs. But once once they've reversed everything, once they've beat Thanos, then everybody comes in and it's the big Avengers group and everybody goes out to their own franchises then again. Well, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, passing of, it's a passing of the torch in that you have, you, they've preserved the iconic founding Avengers. And that combined with what you said that you know, they're moving on into sort of the next phase of Marvel movies. And, and you know, Black Panther made a billion dollars. Oh and, you know, yeah. um, that's why you know, it was almost not – I was quietly kind of amused by him dying because I'm like, okay, there's no way he's not coming back. Right. And they just made yeah. an enormous yeah. sum of money on his films. And pe- like Pan said, people behind us, I mean, one person was sound like they were weeping. Oh, there was yeah, a I couple around there. Strangled gasps and sobs yeah. coming from around the yeah. theater. And, and, and that, that's younger. a testament to how, how much these characters have co- – people have connected these characters. Now, again, 99% of the people who watch these movies don't read the comic books at all. Yeah. So we have to remember like this is like the, – the cinematic universe is like their Marvel heroes essentially. And you know, I, I, there, I think a lot of those, a lot of those viewers are approaching the films from, from a different perspective than we might. So, so I can see why seeing these characters vanish that they've been living with now for ten years, you know, would be shocking. And still, at the end of the movie, I had people leaving in my theater. <laughs> I, 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 I just could not believe it. I even told one family this time, like, "There's something else coming." They're like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah." You ever see it at the end of Marvel movies? They're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "There's something else coming." I'm like, oh, "Okay, thanks." God. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of it. Is this going to be like uh, the last season of Lost, where we think <laughs> these characters survived, but we're really not seeing that, that they're the ones who, who actually aren't here, and That's we're actually possible. the the people who vanished were actually the ones who survived. But um, I I don't know. So no one has has anyone heard about what the rumors are for Avengers Four? No. Well, I don't look at any of those kind of rumor sites. I don't want to know anything about. It. All I know okay. is that it was already filmed. As I understand it, similar to like Back to the Future, The well, Matrix, Lord of the Rings, it was yeah. all filmed together. I, and there may be some reshoots and things, but more or less yeah, it's already been filmed. That's what I thought too. And then I, I, I listened to one video thing online and it said that that didn't happen. I'm like, well, hmm. how could it not happen? I thought that already – they said it, this report – now, again, it could be wrong – said it was too difficult to get everybody together right away to keep going for the next movie. That was the plan originally, but that's not the case. And I'm like, well, the- when else are you going to do it? It's coming out in a year. They've still got to go well, through well, special effects. It's got to get done. I, I can tell you I've watched enough interviews over the past six months to a year where some of the actors have even – and I won't tell you who because that might be some spoiler for it. But some of the actors have said that they're not sure which scenes are in this movie and which scenes are in the next movie. There you go. Because they were essentially – the, I mean. the, the bulk of it was shot back-to-back. Um, I think uh, Zoe – I always mess up her last name. But Saldana. she said they, they finished wrapping – this past December, and I think Chris Evans, I, I saw another interview who said at the end of the summer, he's got to go back for reshoots. Yeah. So the bulk of it's done. They have some reshoots to do. But I, I will say, I won't, I won't say anything about the, the, the rumors, but the directors did say to undo what Thanos did will, will have a cost to it. So that kind of opens the door of will it be you know the original Avengers, or at least the ones whose contracts are up and they aren't going to resign, who have to sacrifice themselves <laughs> ultimately? To, to undo, and then that you know that's why they survived ultimate. But um, see, and I think it's so. easy to say that that's probably Cap. 
because there's other characters that can step right in and fill that role in a Marvel well, Cinematic well, Universe. Well, Bucky could become Cap, essentially. Absolutely. Uh, I'm also interested to see how they bring Hawkeye back. And, and, and if we talk about our theory of the original Avengers as in terms of the first movie, that obviously he would have to return as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's conspicuously absent from this movie. So, Well, and I, and I buy their explanation with them being on house arrest and all that. Um, the kids said to me about the upcoming Ant-Man and Wasp. I said, well, that's going to take place before this. I now, have careful. Almost, no doubt. Careful. No, no. I have not seen the new trailer that came out. I just <sighs> think that it'll take place before this, and at the end of Ant-Man and Wasp, you'll see what happens at the end of Avengers, Infinity War. Same with Captain Marvel. I think... Well, Captain Marvel is definitely going to be in the 90s. They've right. already, sure. That right. much, unfortunately, but by the end of that, I think your little extra scene will be her getting the text from Nick Fury. Right. Well, that's why, because Nick Fury, before his eye patch, is going to be in Captain Marvel. Yeah. And, yeah, that's all going to be... And, and Yeah, we talk about spoilers, and I know Agent Coulson's in it as well. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I kind of expected him to show up in this for even just sort a of clip. Well, that would have been a hell of an explanation, yeah. how they would have, you know... This movie was supposed to have everybody, after Yeah, all. I confess uh, to feeling a little bit gypped. We didn't get at least a quick cameo of yeah. Hawkeye, Ant-Man, the Wasp, etc. Right, so right. no Hawkman, no Ant-Man, no Wasp. No, no Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but there was a no Valkyrie. I thought yeah. she was going to be I in it. I thought she would be in it, too. I thought Black Panther's mother was going to be in it as well. Raimonda. Right. Yeah, they got the um, deleted scenes. Apparently, she a Valkyrie escaped, in, one, one of the Asgardians who escaped in um, an escape pod. Okay. okay. Um, uh, well, I wanted to talk for a moment, and Murder not talked about this when we were watching the movie. Uh, one of the things that's so pleasing about this film was they finally showed the true power set of the Scarlet Witch. Hmm. Uh, um, because in, the, in her first appearances, you don't, uh, the audience is going to really get a sense of how incredibly powerful she is. And they really showed that in this film. And I was really pleased to see that. All right, well, I want to touch now on, since I, I never read the comics, a little bit about some of the comic history going that maybe in the movie, maybe you thought of been in the movie. And I'm going to turn to you, Adam, for, for this, because you mentioned before you're going to talk about it, so the floor is yours. I stand at the ready. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, was well, there a question I, in there? Or well, it? no, because you said you wanted to come back to it, talking about... Uh, okay, well, it's, it's more, well, it is more about the character of Thanos than it is about... All right, about, well, uh, well, please enlighten us. Okay, well... Yes, and I'm sure Chris will be happy to provide a counterpoint here. But uh, let me start by reassuring everyone that I did like the, the, the character that they presented to us as Thanos mm-hmm. in this film. I mean, he's, certain, he's layered. He's certainly not your uh, two-dimensional world-beater type. He's, uh, he's, he's almost a sympathetic character. I mean, they, they, they went pretty fo- – took long strides to make sure that uh, he was humanized for us. I mean, it's, uh, that's one of the reasons, I think, why he spent most of the movie without his battle headdress on. Right. So you can continue to see his – Roland may have asked for that, too. I don't know which, for sure. Which I got used to. I didn't think I'd like that, but I got used to that. Well, that's one thing you always notice. Like, Cap doesn't have his hood on. Yeah. Iron Man doesn't have his mask on. They have to see their faces because of movie stars. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man because of movie stars, you know. <laughs> I, I did yeah. think also, talking about Thanos and how humanizing he was, I thought the CGI on him was incredibly mm. well done. I will agree with that. Um, I think it was really great all the way through. The, oh, the only was. times when the illusion was shattered, for me at least, was uh, when occasionally you would see Don Cheadle or Mark Ruffalo's heads poking out of their respective Iron yeah. Man armors, and they kind of looked two-dimensional, kind of like the, the, their faces had been cut out of a magazine and pasted into the suits <laughs> of armor. And that was a little distracting, but uh, that was that was it. Yeah. And everybody else, I mean, the, the Black Order looked terrific. Yeah. You know, Chris and I yeah, were talking about yeah. that. They, they looked right out of the comics for the most part. I mean, they changed Proxima Midnight's headdress a little bit, but uh, Corvus Glaive, the Ebony Maw, uh, Black Dwarf, who I think they renamed as Cull Obsidian for this movie, again, because the 
black dwarf yeah. might have been misunderstood. Yeah. I love um, when Tony called them all Squidward, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Biggest laugh oh. in our theater. Yeah, that, that cut out a little bit of dialogue afterwards. But, yeah, that happened both times I saw movie here, <laughs> the, the laughter. And when Chris Pratt called Thanos Grimace was also pretty. Oh, my God. I was the only one that laughed at that. <laughs> well, I must have been in a theater of, no, of youngsters. McDonald Land characters yeah. are not known to the current generation of youth, not. I'm afraid. Holy crap. But it's exactly the thing Star-Lord would know because... <laughs> He left Earth in the 80s when mm-hmm. Grimace was still God, I, I felt like every eye turned on me like, what the hell are you laughing at? And I'm like, oh, God. Which, by the way, I have to say one of my favorite lines in the whole movie was uh, when, when Star-Lord said, uh, is Footloose still the greatest movie ever made? And Peter was like, it never was. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think we all are in agreement on that. Um, so, but anyway, uh, yeah, Thanos, uh, you know, Josh Brolin's portrayal was top-notch. I, I agree with the majority on that, certainly. It is... Uh, the only problem I, – I, I can't even really call it a problem with the character. It's just that I know I would have enjoyed this film more if they'd given us a version of Thanos that incorporated a little more of the – just a, the arch villainy that, uh, that, that, St- that Starlin in, imbued into his take on Thanos, which was, after all, the original. I mean it's – Thanos, as Starlin gave him to us over the years, is just much, much easier to hate. I mean something of the – uh, what's what, what would be the proper word here? Necrolatry. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good word for death worship. Mm-hmm. But uh, just his his love for death as a concept and as a being uh, would have been nice. They could have found some way to work that in there. What they gave us instead was basically a big purple spacefaring Adrian Vite. You know, this, this guy who's got this plan to uh, murder a large population of the universe in order to save. The half that survives. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got quasi-altruistic motives. I mean, granted, he's still going about it all wrong. He's still m- committing mega-death. He's killing half a universe to accomplish this, uh, which is highly, highly, highly questionable. And he's uh, not at all squeamish about killing, maiming, torturing, you know, spilling his own adopted blood in order to get there. And I am glad, just as a side note here, that uh, that, that, that scene with uh, the Red Skull and the Soul Gem, I'm glad that, that that was in there. I'm glad that there was one gem Thanos had to acquire by means other than simple brute force. Yeah, because yeah. it makes it more... You know, talk about your comic history here. I'm thinking of the two-issue Thanos Quest miniseries that was put out by Marvel in 1990, which detailed how Thanos uh, hunted down each of these six Infinity Gems. And he had to like engage in some kind of contest or battle. Like with, Hercules. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the Twelve Labors. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Except Except uh, evil. And, uh, exactly, and only six. And, and yes, right. And he had to go up against different elders of the universe, very powerful, cunning entities. And he had to do different things to beat each one. So in this one, he was basically just punching things and using the power of the gems he already had to get the. And, and in yeah. some cases, dispatching his lackeys to do yeah. it for him. I'm glad there was one challenge he had to go through to get one of the gems that involved something a little different, a, a, a personal sacrifice. Yeah, absolutely. Something heart wrenching to mm. him, which I thought, oh my God, there's nothing that's going to be yeah. that. But. I enjoyed how they portrayed it. Right. And it served to humanize Thanos even further and also make him seem that much more twisted. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the Thanos uh, of the comics, I mean, he's, he's just as complex as this, uh, but uh, just straightforwardly, unilaterally evil. Yeah, you know, I wish we could have seen a little more of Thanos, the master manipulator, uh, the, the cunning strategist. We, uh, really, what we got more of was Thanos, like I said, uh, using force to get what he wants. Yeah. Um, he just, he, they were sort of thrusting him into the uh, archetype of the bad father, and not only to Gamora, but uh, to you know, his, his children in, in the Black Order and also to the rest of the universe. I mean, uh, one of the things that struck me was how much bigger they made him in the movie uh, than all the other characters, and uh, then he is in the comics. And he's still a big 
being in, in the comics. He's like six feet seven and uh, nearly a thousand pounds. So he's massive, but still roughly within human proportions. The, the film Thanos is ten feet tall if he's an inch. And I think maybe one of the reasons for that, well, for one thing, for the fight scene with the Hulk, you know, make, make him seem a little more convincing, and the various other fight scenes in which he gets embroiled. But also, I think so that he towers above uh, all the other cre- uh, sentience he encounters. Uh, so he, he's, he's the bad father dealing with his willful children, uh, trying to you know, put them back in line and assure them this is for your own good, as a, as a father will. I'm going to kill half of your little friends to make sure that the rest of you don't you know, suffer and die of overpopulation or whatever Thanos' endgame really was. And I would have liked to see a little bit more explanation as to why he felt he was so convinced that this was something that he absolutely had to do, that he would you know, kill, maim, torture, and uh, assume to God, uh, ascend to godhood to make this happen. And I'm sure we'll see some of that in, in the next movie. It will be, you know, Thanos Part Two. Well, yeah, especially on a title force from your comic book uh, knowledge. Uh, well, if that's this the Infinity thing. War. Right. What do you think next one would be? As we were leaving the theater, I told you I really hoped it would just be Infinity Crusade. Yeah, that's what yes, I thought. Too. Just follows logically for those yeah. of us who know the Infinity Trilogy of the '90s. That was Part Three. Um, but I think I read someplace recently that the, we haven't heard what the title of the next movie is we going to be because point. it might constitute a form of spoiler. Yeah. Yes. So if, it's, if they just jump from Infinity War to Infinity Crusade, I don't think there would be much to spoil in announcing that. Well, uh, so, head-scratch among I, the people. But. I'm still hoping for Avengers Forever. Ah! Oh, that, that, oh look at you being clever with the yeah. four and the thing. and the whole, a possibility. There was no yeah. off position. And then use switch. some of that storyline yeah. to, uh, you know, as incorporate undoing this. Hmm. What about Avengers that, Reborn? That was clutch, Matt. That was clutch. Outstanding. I'd like forever better well, than you. Reborn, but okay. Reborn would work. I was going to say this. And, and again, that would give a spoiler, too, if they're well, Reborn. Well, I mean, if you... If you but... If you're going and thinking no one's going to be Reborn, then you're silly. Oh, yeah. Well, again, they're, 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 they're doing that for the massive amount of people that don't follow the comics and don't know what happens. Yeah, can you imagine the millions and millions of moviegoers if only a fraction yeah. of them went into a comic store like this coming... Weekend, Saturday is free. Comic book day. And just plug, got plug. one trade. And there's like a new Avengers number one is out, yeah. I think, on Wednesday. It's, uh-huh. it's, just it's, came out today. It's like someone's thinking and doing editorial, you know, getting all yeah. the stars aligned. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, Infinity well, Countdown number three came yeah, out today, too. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. There you go. Now, well, Pants, if that was the case, I'd still be open. Well, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry. Alas. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I'm, oh, uh, if I may expound for a moment on a couple themes oh, that we're just touching on. But uh, first and foremost, this... The experience we've had of this movie, which again I've, I've thoroughly loved, and I'll, I'll probably see it a third time before it leaves the theater, is that, and the reaction the audience emphasized, I don't mean this to be a downer, but nobody's reading the comics. Uh, I mean, percentage-wise, nobody. So this, this movie universe is, is almost like a, a, an entity unto itself at this point. I think the audience reaction is an example of that. Yeah, which is, which uh, is fine and dandy. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not lamenting. I'm just saying that's just the reality. But for... Th- for Thanos, to uh, respond to what Murd was saying, in essence, I agree with Murd in that I would have loved to see that Starlin take, but I think the reason they couldn't do that is because, for whatever reason, they didn't build Thanos up throughout all the other movies. You only saw him very briefly in Guardians of the Galaxy and then prior to that, that quick cameo in the first Avengers film. So the audience has no basis really for this character beyond the few quick moments they've seen him. So I think to, to introduce the whole Starlin-esque, the fixation on death, I think it would have been too complicated in one film for the, the, just the general audience to, to, to really 
grasp. I don't mean that in a condescending way, just that that, that that takes more than one movie to really explain all of that. So I think the way they went about it worked in the context of the, the MCU and this. Um, and furthermore, I, I, I agree. Brolin was amazing. Like his voice, I mean, he's a great actor, but his mannerisms, the, 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 the motion capture performance was spot on. Um, what I also really loved was, and we talked about, remember about the size of Thanos, and he's right, like he's not that big in the comics. But I think that just emphasized really the sheer futility in this movie of the heroes trying to take him down. I mean, for me, one of the key scenes is when he appears in Wakanda, and this really gave me chills in that there was no more noise, the birds stopped, all you, you just see like a bit of wind, people's hair moving, it's just utter silence. Like the sheer anticipation of like this force that's coming that no one really can stop. And then he appears, and, and for me, the defining moment, Captain America swatted away like a fly, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. When he tries to, to grab the fist and he just punches him away. And that's what I wanted to say. I wanted, I wanted them to, and I'm so glad that, that they didn't they didn't pull back, they didn't, you know, wuss out. They showed just how powerful this entity is and how that really nobody had any chance at all to stop him, at least in this film. And I want to ask Murd, do you think in the second film it's going to come down to, like in the comic, really Thanos defeating himself? Uh, I would certainly like to see that. Um, for the film-going audience, though, I think it's going to be more the spirit of humanity triumphing over this seemingly un- undefeatable, invincible, inexorable force of, of death and destruction. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it would be nice if they could introduce that fatal flaw of, of self-defeat of Thanos. But as you said, Chris, and it's a very good point you make, um, there are so many layers to Starlin's Thanos that they just can't lay out in uh, the space of one or even two movies. Well, and, and well I think uh, – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Proceed. No, I was going to say I think, Mur, to piggyback what you're saying, I think the way you, they use the child incarnation of Gamora, which I'm assuming is in the Soul Gem, good, to good, yes. – that's where they you might that might be sort of their end to further exploring that character in the layers as you're describing. Possibly, it's just a guess on my point, hmm. but and, on and my part. That's a good I, point. I, have, I like that with uh, with Gamora being in the Soul Gem as the the conscience of him. Now he's got what he wants. He's won, and yet here's this little voice saying, "Well, what did right. it cost you? What did you do? Mm-hmm. How did you, well, okay, well, that, that's and a cost in itself. I mean, oh it's, yeah, this is something that goes back to the very earliest days of the Infinity Gems in the Marvel Universe. You know, the Soul Gem was the first one that ever appeared, and at first nobody really knew that there were any more. Adam Warlock had it. It was like bonded Mm -hmm. like symbiotically to his forehead. And uh, it had a sentience of its own and kind of a malign sentience. It was like a vampire. It it longed to absorb the souls of others. And so now Thanos has to cope with that and uh, the one particular soul that's trapped in there, the one that's uh, in the best position to torment him in his new position of godhood. So yeah, I I, I agree, Shane, that that would be nice to see the interplay between, you know, this this, this innocent child, this, this life that Thanos sacrificed to his grand cosmic goal. Yeah. To asking him, so is it worth it, Chief? I wasn't. Su- I wasn't sure what kind of Thanos we'd get either until the scene with the younger Moore. And I was surprised they wrote him like this, but it makes sense with how the rest of the movie progressed. Where he gives her the blade and he's teaching her how to balance it, and she's trying it, and all the gunfire starts in the back, and she goes to turn his, her head, and he goes, no, 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 no. And focuses her away from all the devastation, away from her mother being murdered, to just focus on him. Whereas I think the other Thanos from the comic would not have done that. Oh, no. He would have done exactly the opposite. He would have encouraged her to watch. Exactly. 
So I'm like, okay, well, this is a completely different Thanos yeah. than what I thought we were going to get. So let's see where we go from here. Yeah. And, and it worked. And his motives in that scene were pretty opaque to me, even if, yeah. as I was watching it. So hopefully this is another thing that they'll get into. And yeah. uh, this, this is, you know, between you and Chris, we've tapped into some a great idea here for something that could be like a, a convention of the next movie. Thanos being in the Soul Gem and uh, we, learn, we learn about his past that way. We learn about his motives that way. I, I'm liking the sound of this. Yeah. I hope Marvel's <laughs> listening. I, I, I do want to say just uh, the... Um, that scene with Cap going up against Thanos, uh, it was more of a letdown than I was hoping. One of the, the scenes that really got me jazzed for the movie was mm-hmm. uh, in the trailer where he, he grabs onto the gauntlet and is struggling to hold it. So I kept envisioning this scene's going to be like uh, his death or something monumental. And it just seemed to be like a quick a quick moment type of thing where it just in the midst of a, a bunch of characters fighting Thanos. And then when he got... Uh, punched and swatted away i thought oh, he, we just saw him die and then to see that he was okay it was just kind of like well that, that one moment i was really looking forward to kind of was just a nothing moment yeah because he really got slim i thought oh, yeah, he was, i thought he was too. dead too i, I really too. thought he was i also yeah. thought tony was gonna die when uh, oh, when, when thanos ran him through and then and that's when dr yep. strange uh, stepped in yep um now i went into this movie again not seeing any of the trailers i might have heard a few things as being other movies but I watched it afterwards, and my big takeaway was they didn't have the Hulk appearing in Wakanda out of the um, Hulkbuster armor. Mm-hmm. Does anybody know? No, I, I know that he, the Hulk. Well, first of all, I was only really cool with the Hulk not wanting to come out. Yeah, it's clearly he's different. He said, "I, I, I lost. It. I'm not getting involved with Thanos again. I don't I care what's at stake. Yep. No, I'm out. Good night, everybody." He's yeah. Hulkilles <laughs> sulking in his tent. Right, right. That was really odd. But uh, what do we think of not seeing the Hulk really appear? I was I surprised. Was just... Oh, go ahead. I, I was just surprised by it. I thought we'd see him at the last minute somewhere along the way. Like, for, I, I thought for it was battles. a great bait and switch. Yeah. Uh, but that's one of the things that I liked about it is it's continuing this uh, Banner's arc. Even though I thought he seemed more like comic relief in this movie, which was kind of, aside from Ragnarok, you didn't really, that's not, that wasn't really the character. Mm. So that, that kind of was one of the things I didn't like is is the comic relief aspect. But I liked how you're seeing, according to uh, Ruffalo, between Ragnarok, this movie, and four, there's going to be a specific Hulk story arc um, going in, going on in the movie, and um, I, I'm, it's interesting to see uh, Banner basically in the field now himself, taking on um, these challenges. So I, I was I, I liked the idea, not necessarily the execution with him being the comic relief of it. Right. Cause it, I, lo- it, I loved it because again, it showed just the awesome power of Thanos when he has possession of the gems and how even the, and I, Murd, I love by the way your Achilles reference by the way <laughs> but how how, how Murd, uh, excuse me how, how Banner <laughs> I'll take credit <laughs> how Banner um and uh, the Hulk I should say he's traumatized like I, like the Hulk is really basically never backed down from anything he's fought and now he's he's he, he's afraid like he's afraid right he, he was he was decisively beaten handily in in really seconds so he doesn't want to come out. So I, I can't wait to see how they how they play with that. We also have to remember how Banner's so brilliant that even when he's not the Hulk, he plays such an imp- integral role yeah. in a, you know whatever mission they're on. So do you think that by the end of this we'll get a Hulk that is more intelligent? As I was thinking that the, too, Shane. In the comics, yeah. he progresses and can talk at some point. Well, yeah, because he was quite chatty in Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Ruffalo is now playing it, both parts anyway. So. Yeah, and I read that he's supposed to be about five years old in this movie. I think the last one he was supposed to be about two, okay. and this one he it's estimated that the Hulk's mindset is of a five year old. 
which having a five-year-old isn't really a <laughs> good age. You but. know nothing about that. And a two-year-old. <laughs> and a yeah. two-year-old. I'm not unhappy to be past that. <laughs> I wanted to point out for a moment, um, for me, two, one of the most exciting – we talk about scenes that are very akin to the comic. Two scenes that really got me jazzed. I, I mentioned these to Murd when we were watching. First of all, when all the heroes are sort of – Fighting Thanos on Titan, they're all kind of clinging to him, and Mantis is on his head. I was like, Murray, that's like a Starlin splash page. Like, they clearly emulated that style in that fight scene. And then the other thing that really, I, I was just had a huge grin on my face the Doctor Strange Thanos fight was so Ditko. With, with the multiple Doctor Stranges and then like the mirror images he created as a barrier, I, I was just thrilled by that because that's right from the books uh, in, the, in those scenes. Hmm. Talking of favorite I wanted to say, uh, Go ahead, Matt. Oh, go ahead. No, you I was first. just going to say, uh, uh, I, I'm a, from everything I hear, there's supposed to be a sequel to Doctor Strange. I haven't heard too much of it, but I guess the director isn't signed, but he has a script and everything. But it, he's, he was one of the, the characters I was most fascinated with in this movie. I thought, I thought this was way better than him. His solo movie, and I know that was an origin, but uh, I, I liked every. I liked the way he interacted with with Tony. I liked the just you got to see a lot of his powers. Um, I'm not sure what the time frame would have been that that passed, but he seemed a lot more experienced, so it wasn't one of these making a lot of mistakes. Uh, but he he was one of the characters that I wasn't interested in really going into this, but by the end of it, I really liked uh, how he was presented in the movie. Mm. All right. Won you over to the, to the mystical side of the Marvel Universe. That's, that's an accomplishment. You know, to some degree. I don't think there's any actor that's been chosen to portray a character in any origin movie or continuation that I've really been disappointed with completely. I mean, the only one I never saw in the theater was the first Thor. And and it, it is one of my least favorites. It's not bad. It's one of I, my favorites. I just prefer oh, other ones. <laughs> um, I like Thor 2 and 3 better than 1. Mm. Um, but, but that's just me. It's not that it's bad. It's just I rank it a little differently. But casting and, and the way stories flow, there's not any that I'm like, oh, I don't really think I want to see that one. It doesn't look that good. Or that actor is just completely wrong. Man, when I heard Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be Dr. Strange, I'm like, oh, my God, that's perfect. <laughs> just every time they, they choose someone and you see just a little trailer or you get to see it in the movie, I'm like, nope, they hit it out of the ballpark. There's just I, – I don't know how they keep getting these people to do this stuff and choosing the right things, and it's just all working. It's, it's almost well, perfect. I, I think that goes back to – and this is why I'm so – in all of Marvel and Disney have achieved with these films is that they never forget the source material. Even though they, even though they obviously change things for the movie universe, for every film to varying degrees, but for the most part, I'd say consistently, the essence of the comic books are there. And uh, granted, there are things that we will, will appreciate that maybe a, 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 someone who's not doesn't read them may, may not notice, um, or, or they get something different out of it, but. They, they really I – mean, all the actors they've cast, it's clear that the people involved in the script writing, the directing, like they're going right to the source material. And that's why I think this is so satisfying. I think it's also why it's working for the general audience because let's face it. The Marvel Universe, when it was created, was so radical in the 1960s and the way they approached superheroes, and now we're just getting that – that spirit in now it, with now because they have the special effects technology in in the cinematic world, and it's why it works so well. Like for example, when Doctor Strange is chiding Wong about going to the deli and not having money, right? Like it's a it's a quick little funny scene, but that's why Marvel's great, and that's why it was so great and so refreshing in the Silver Age. 
and that spirit is now in these films. It's it's so fresh again because it's a different medium for it. But you know, and I love DC too, but I'm sorry they just don't have that. Like they don't have it's it's a different approach and it's just a different um, feel. And I, I love that too, but Marvel just has that. They have that interaction with the characters that just works so well and humanizes them. Sidebar: As of Monday, at the end of Monday, uh, this movie has done more in the couple days it was out than the entire worldwide release of a Justice League. I believe that. And they're eyeing a billion by the end of the week. Oh yeah, that's Bafo box office. I mean, it was sold almost every screening. I yeah. mean, I've never been to a screening recently where there's been that many people in the theater. And it's oh just, really? Yeah, oh. I mean, just hmm. crazy. Um, well, I, I want to, to jump on about with the the radical uh, notion of, when, with Marvel and when it was first coming out. Some of the stuff I've been reading is I, I, is anyone else kind of convinced that some of the people reviewing these movies just aren't interested in this genre, genre or yes. really familiar with comic books whatsoever? Yeah, they're totally not familiar with comic books. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, don't get me wrong; some of their their criticisms are valid, and, and I don't put a lot of stock in them anyway. I just curious to see what kind of like the other side sees of them but a lot of the stuff i read was that these deaths wound up or nothing because we know there's another one coming out um it these movies don't end they just lead you into the next one um it's too serialized the big one that really took me is that this movie isn't really inviting for people who haven't seen any of the previous mcu movies and adam and i were talking about this what are the chances what are the, what's the number What's the percentage of people who never saw any of the MCU movies or maybe one or two and like, you know what? I want to go see that movie. Uh, well, it just, I mean, because they're saying there should have been a like a previously in the MCU type of couple scenes just to kind of bring you up where White Cap is is bearded and he's not with Iron Man and the Avengers are apart and who this person is and stuff like that. But that's one of the things I liked about this movie is it was basically a ride as soon as it started off started. You, you were sitting there, you were locked in until the very end. There wasn't really any uh, – I didn't think there was any type of lulls. Uh, there wasn't anything like, do we really need to go over this again? Basically, you, you know this. The, the audi- bulk of the audience is going to know this, so let's just run with it. Well, I mean, there's, they've been on video and DVD yeah. and TV. streaming and TV oh, forever yeah. and ever. Well, there's been theaters who've been showing my marathons ahead of time. Yeah, I it, think, it's out there. I think in this case – you have 18 movies that built this up, and they do a, wow, a fantastic, a fantastic job of. If you didn't see one, they give you a little explanation in two of what happened in one, or whatever the case may be. I think it's okay in this one instance out of 18 previous movies. This time they don't explain anything. You can still enjoy it. You can still get it. You jump right in. They don't need to explain everything because they're giving you 18 movies to do that and a thousand different ways to view them. There, there was one scene where I thought. On one level, it worked, but if you knew the other movies, it really worked. The scene between Star-Lord and Gamora, which you said, swear on your mother. Yeah. Yeah, now, great. When she said that, we know oh, what yeah. that meant to him. But uh-huh. if you didn't, you probably would still get some idea. But that was a more powerful moment knowing the other movies. But, but then you, you, if you don't know, you go and you see that and you wonder what it is. You go back and you watch the movie. Then it hits you again because now, oh, my God, now it means even more. Um, I thought I thought way. the guardians were used really effectively in the film. They were nice because you know they haven't interacted with the other characters yet. Yeah, but I thought yeah. they were uh, they, they added to the film. It was seamless. Um, the, the humor was still there, like Drax saying like 
no one can see me while he's eating the the the, the, the snack food. Various, <laughs> um, like like they were. Like, what was great about this? You guys already mentioned this in different ways that they retain the feel of all the different franchises mm. and all the different characters. Yeah. And again, this is great writing and directing, and they all melded together. Like you guys mentioned, I thought it was a great point that they put all the egomaniacs together, like all the egotistical egomaniacs, the egotistical characters together. And it was fun watching them all, you know, try to outdo each other and, and uh, you know, argue. And you know, that's Marvel, right? Like that's at its best. That's what Marvel is. It's these heroes with you know boots of clay who, who you know you see their warts and all as even as they're doing the heroic thing and you had of course the old trope when you first meeting they're fighting with oh, iron yeah. man uh, yeah. you know the <laughs> spider-man and, uh-huh. the, and the guardians all fighting together yeah so yeah what message do you serve you know, that so that was just, he goes wait a minute what, that was what i supposed to say jesus <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> wait <laughs> from earth <laughs> No, I'm from Missouri. <laughs> yeah, that's on Earth, dumbass. Yeah, dipshit. Did you find this is another one of the criticisms that I read? Do, do you find the, the humor tone deaf when it was used? I, I thought it was it was appropriate. It didn't no, seem like Ragnarok fine. where there was a plethora of jokes, mm. but I thought it was it was well timed right. when, when it was used. It wasn't overly done, no, I thought um, it was but it was in there enough that you were like, okay, you know, this is pro- these are how the characters are going to react because well, these sure. are the characters and what they do. Can I get your gun? No. Well, can I get your arm? Oh, I'm going to get yeah. that arm. <laughs> I'm going to get that arm. Now, now, here's to take it a step further for what we're talking about. I have a coworker who. Um, Knows my love of comics and everything. Knows I've watched these movies countless times. Listen to them dozens of times at work. Yeah. Says to me, <laughs> and, and yeah, because she was at my old my old job. Right, place. right, right. I know. And um, <laughs> says to me, my husband and I might go see this movie. What do I have to look for if I want to watch something before it? And I, and I have a list <laughs> inside my one drawer at work. It's it's an overhead thing, and I had it at the old place too of the release dates of all the movies typed out. So I took that off. I photocopied it. I started highlighting things like, well, these are the ones you should watch. Here's what you could watch if you want more, but you don't have to. Here's what you really need to watch to get here. And here's why this is this and this is. And I ran it over to her on my break and she goes, did you just do this now? I'm like, no, I had it. (laughs) I didn't take up work time to do it. I, I already had it. I just keep it around. And it just served perfectly here. Here's what you can look at. Um, here's what you want to watch. But if you don't watch them, you can go in and enjoy the movie and then catch up later. You'll get the same impact out of them eventually. You might even – you'll see stuff in this one. You're like, oh, well, why are they doing that? But then you'll go back and watch the movies in order or even out of order, and you'll still be like, oh, my God. Well, that means so much more now from Avengers Infinity War. So it was a funny conversation ever. Did you do this now? No. <laughs> but here's, here's all the movies you need to watch. <laughs> Gentlemen, I have to I have, go ahead. I'm sorry, sir. Go ahead. Oh no. Uh, well, before you go, uh, what was what would you rank? How would you give us, Chris, to make sure that's well, on the record? Yeah, one, one of the things I was going to say. Oh, it's it's five freaking swears. That's without hesitation. Um, it, to me, this this is a, and I'm anticipating with the second part. This is like this is like the perfect culmination of what they've been building towards um, for when these movies started. So I, I'm, you know, as as a as a Mar- you know, I'm a Marvel zombie more or less. Um, throughout my life and uh i'm eminently satisfied the point i want to make before i depart and murder and i talked about this after the film when you saw it is i love the last scene with thanos mm-hmm. um which is right out of the infinity gauntlet right. where he's just yep he's just sitting there on his farm murder do they have the armor on the scarecrow 
I couldn't tell if the armor was on it, but the scarecrow was definitely present, yeah. and that was an important image because it's, yeah, it's and, Thanos and, retiring from the life of godhood and uh, tending his own garden for a time in a, an obscure yep. corner of the universe, and he puts his old battle armor on a scarecrow. Mm-hmm. And that's the first image you see in the first issue of the Infinity War miniseries. So I'm very glad that they worked that in there. Yep. So now talk about something else, as Chris said earlier, about how this, this movie and the many others in the Marvel film uh, dynasty are uh, showing due respect to the, uh, the source material. That, yeah. that, that that last scene was a great example. Yeah, and that's that's what I, I thrilled me just to, just to, and again I, I would love to know what just the, the general audience or not in the comics what, how they reacted to that scene because it's not like you know when you have Captain America just at the end going oh god just, just sitting on the ground in despair in front of the the inert shell of the Vision and you just realize you know the, the heroes at their lowest dead like this is Empire Strikes Back right and. Mm. And then to see Thanos in just ten minutes after he's committed this just horrific act of just you know mass extermination—it's uh, woo! What a great way to end it. Come on, I have to depart. But uh, Matt, it was great to have you in the trenches with us this time. Oh, I'm always happy to be here when I can. Indeed, and brothers, I will talk to you all very soon. See all right, Chris. sir. Have- all right, Take Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> Good night, all. You're all right. Right. Good night. <laughs> I, I do want to throw a, a couple things out there because sure. probably within the next uh, 15, 20 minutes, I'm going to have to go myself. But sure. uh, I loved – I liked how Groot was very immature and it was kind of seeing everything that Thor was going through that, that he kind of got uh, inspired to essentially grow up. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a neat arc for him, mm-hmm. which initially – I didn't quite get, you know, in the previews how he was just, you know, put that away, and then I realized how much he's he's just playing with that game throughout the whole thing, like he doesn't really care. So I, I thought that was very cool that it wasn't one of the Guardians, but it was it was Thor that kind of inspired him to uh, start taking things seriously to some extent. Yeah. During those Groot scenes, Matt, I looked over at Chris in the theater, and he just kind of smirked and said, "Yeah, that's my life." <laughs> I kind of I thought when they showed that he was playing Defender. Well, maybe he's going to take over a ship and start battling things. I thought that's where they're leading with the showing the game, yeah. but but yeah, that's what Luke's a, game. That's what a lot of these famous are going through. That was that was that was a funny moment when you said, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah you like that too, Shane." Yeah, we get it too. <laughs> that's what you can accomplish when you get your face out of that video game. You yeah. can create a god-killing super weapon. There you oh, go. All right, so let's talk about that scene because we haven't yet where they build that weapon. How about Peter Dinklage? Oh my God, was that <laughs> awesome? <laughs> Um, uh, how about the, them being so uh, being a giant in this? Yeah, story? yeah. But he's still a dwarf, though. He's, yeah. he's a fourteen right. foot tall Asgardian dwarf. That's right. Nita Veller is actually one of the nine realms of the Asgardian cosmology. Now, I also thought that the design of that workshop and what happened when the lights went on when they got the the energy flowing through was very Kirby esque as well. Hmm. The way it was built and looked and and just affected. It, it was okay. it was a lot of fun to watch. I, I was like, oh my god, it's beautiful. It was really neat. I thought they did it well. I couldn't believe that was him. I had no idea he was even, even in the movie. Oh, that was great. That was yeah. a big surprise oh. for me, too. Nor did I. I get everyone, everyone kept thinking it was going to be Pip. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't. Yeah, I would have liked to see Pip uh, or Moondragon. She's got to show up at some point. Help and, me out, Pip. Pip the Troll, one of uh, Warlock's friends. He's okay. from Jim Starlin's original run oh. back in Strange Tales and the Warlock solo series. Speaking of Warlock, in the reality-changing scene on Nowhere, did we was that focused on the husk, uh, uh, the cocoon, if you will, that um, no. what was I thinking of then? I 
It, it, it might have been it, in the background. It was a cocoon. I thought I saw cocoon, it. Right. But it wasn't, I don't think it was what Adam Warlock's coming out of from what we saw at the end of Guardians 2. I, I think too. he's supposed to be in the yeah. third Guardians movie. Yeah. And, it, and as I said, Moondragon's got to show up at some point because in the comics continuity, she's Drax's daughter after all. So yeah. that, would be, that would be perfect. Oh, and as a side note uh, related to Drax, uh, I, I mentioned Infinity Countdown number three came out today. Uh, it features a scene in which uh, Drax uses the power gem in concert with a saxophone. <laughs> they remembered that uh, Drax, in his human identity as Arthur Douglas, uh, was a saxophone player on the side, like moonlighted as a jazz musician. <laughs> and they, they actually used wait, wait, that. Wait, like Nightman. <laughs> way to slip the Ultraverse in there, Matt, since that is technically a part of the Marvel multiverse now. But yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, except uh, he, uh, he died and became like a cosmic assassin and uh, really yeah. didn't have much time to pick up the old horn. Uh, much after that, but he did in that comic. Uh, but yeah, uh, that scene uh, in Nowhere too. Uh, when you were talking about uh, the uh, the obtrusiveness of uh, of humor, Matt, uh, that was uh, Thanos even got in on the act in that scene. Uh, it's like, I guess uh, he was making an incursion into the Guardians' little corner of the Marvel universe and uh, thought it was appropriate to use the reality gem to. Uh, he could have just uh, made uh, Drax and Mantis vanish or evaporate or turn them yeah. to stone. Instead, yeah. he decided to make their bodies fall apart in horrific but cartoonish and kind of funny ways. Yeah. Turned uh, Chris, like a, the Star-Lord's laser blaster into a soap bubble gun. And, and someone had said to me, I don't remember if it was one of you guys in an email or if it was outside of this or if I saw it on Facebook even, trying to go through the characters that didn't die as a result of Thanos snapping his fingers, that died before that in essence. You Gamora, Gamora Loki, Vision, Loki, Heimdall. 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 And somebody said the collector, and I'm like, well, you can assume that, but we don't know that because we saw the illusion. We didn't see what actually happened to him. We only he is saw... an elder of the universe, so he's functionally immortal. Yeah. So to go along with that, I know in the comic book it gets reversed and everything that was done gets undone. But the same thing will happen here, but they're going to have to take it a step further depending on how the outcome is to bring those characters back because they didn't die – from the wiping of the stones and the gauntlet and snapping the fingers, they died before that. So I'm going with, well, they'll be brought back because they were still affected by the pursuit of the stones. There was a stone involved in everybody's death. Oh, they could just resurrect anybody who's ever oh, died sure. in any of these movies. Well, sure. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. The Infinity Gems are involved. Anything is possible. But someone said, well, I don't think they'll come back. I'm like, no, they'll come back. Yellow Jacket could come back. What the heck? Yeah. And someone started to argue with him, like, no, they'll they'll be back because they'll just undo everything, including that, because that was part of the whole impetus of getting the stones and getting the gauntlet together. So they will be back. And and kind of sideways, I'm like, there's a Guardians three, there's a Black Panther two. I mean, they're kind of come back. Don't don't worry about that. <laughs> That's why I keep saying that I think it's it's mainly the younger theater goers who are gasping yeah. and sobbing at the deaths of these characters because they are still too callow. And uh, too unfamiliar with the ways of the media world to realize that these characters, as long as they can make money for their parent company, will not be allowed to stay dead. I had to laugh at the screening I was at uh, before we went to go see with, with Chris and Adam. Well, first of all, some guy at the very beginning started going, Avengers Assemble! And it pretty much fell on deaf ears. People were like, come on! And so, but then, nobody in the theater reads the comics. And right, exactly. And, but and then at the end of the movie, with that whole, uh, which we didn't touch on yet, with the whole thing with well, what's on the, the um, pager... Someone said, well, what's that? And someone else goes, oh, it's Captain Marvel. And then someone said, read a comic. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's something I can be proud of for my older boy. He went – I saw it with him Saturday morning. I ordered tickets weeks and weeks before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, me too. <laughs> and then he got invited with a friend, two, two school friends, to go see it Friday night. 
And he's like, well, I'm going to go see it. I'm like, I don't care. Just don't spoil anything. And I said, you stay one iota of what happens. I'm going to take every electronic you own away for an indeterminate amount of time. And he kind of rolled his eyes and laughed at me. But after I saw it, and he did, he kept quiet the whole thing. Even even making a joke like, oh, Nick Fury's not in it yet. And, oh, I couldn't believe he wasn't in it while the credits are rolling, knowing that was the extra scene, that little sucker. But that was great. That was great. Sacrifice you know? him to the soul jam. Yeah, it was, it was good. Um after we got in the car and we're talking about Captain Marvel a little bit, he goes, you know what? I didn't know who that was. And he wouldn't. And that's fine. He said, but we were talking about the three of them. And they started Googling it. They started reading up on history of it. They started reading how this character interacted with this character. But I was impressed that they went and sought out what that symbol was. They did stuff like Google Marvel character um, Infinity War scene and came to well, sure. Captain that, Marvel. Because what would you guess the percentage of moviegoers in the theater you were at knew what was happening? Oh, yeah, none. <laughs> I'm Be- sure there are tons yeah. of news and hype sites all over the internet that are just tripping over themselves to tell everyone. Right, because yeah. like I said, when I was in the theater, people were, people were yelling out, wow, what was that? And someone said, you know, yeah. what it was, because most people just didn't know what it was. But, Remember but when I- we went to see the first Avengers movie and we saw that de- image of Thanos with that big cocky Starlin grin on his face and, and Danny yelled out, it's Darkseid! <laughs> and people in the theater believed her. Oh, that guy's name is Darkseid? Oh, jeez. But I was impressed that they thought and wanted to find out more about that. Like sometimes when when I see it with the kids, they enjoy it and they love it and they'll watch it again. But they don't want any more than that. But yet here, they get to the end of this. They get to the scene and Ben's like, oh, God, who's that? I want to find out who that is. And they start looking for it right away. I'm like, okay. Right. So besides Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. who do we think – will appear in the Avengers movie next that we haven't seen before as far as characters go. At all before? At all in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because like would, no would, well, but would it be a cheat for these new characters to come in who we haven't seen at all before? It doesn't seem like the time to introduce yeah, new characters. I don't, right, right, I don't right. think you'll see many, if any. I think you'll see... Maybe one or two. More of the... It's kind of an all-hands-on-deck Right, because you thing. mentioned yeah. Adam Warlock. Who he's been teased at? Yeah, he needs yeah, kind but, of a whole movie that'll yeah. be just about him. I don't, I don't think he'll show up in the next one. I think, given, given what what happens to him in Infinity Gauntlet, I think he won't be in the next one. I think he'll be reserved for Guardians Three, and that's where he'll come in. I don't think you'll see many new ones in here. It, it's it's a time for all hands on deck, but all hands on deck for everybody that we've already met. It's time for the original Avengers to possibly take a step back at the end of this and the, the everybody else who is going to now be an Avenger to step forefront. You're going to have this great big scene, I would imagine, towards the end of it at a big climax where they all yell, Avengers assemble. You're gonna, I think you're going to get all that. I just don't think you'll get many new characters. I think the next phase will start introducing oh, new yeah. characters. No, they, they might introduce one. I mean, that's how we got Spider-Man as part of Civil yeah. War. They, they yeah. might pull something, one and, new character out of their hats. But. And, and even one of maybe four would be nice to see if, if that was even a possibility, but I don't think it will be. Oh, you mean as in Fantastic yeah, Four? Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, because that's who I think – I not that they intentionally planned it this way and maybe they laid the seed for a possibility, whether it does or doesn't happen – I still would like to think that there's in, in Spider-Man Homecoming, when Tony sold Avengers Tower, it was to become the Baxter building. Oh, my God. I never you thought know? about that. I mean, what, <laughs> you kind of vacate, just blew my mind, sir. You vacate New York to get away and, and get the destruction away. There's but still this giant building There's still there. this giant building there that would serve perfectly as the Baxter building or, what is it, Four, Four Freedoms, Freedoms Plaza. Plaza. Yeah. That would work, too. Um, Which uh, blew up in the origin, uh, original Infinity War miniseries. Yeah. So... Uh, if you get all that legality stuff taken out of it and you figure out how to do it now that 
Fox is sort of going to be under Disney with them buying it and all that stuff. I mean, I don't know what intricacies there are to now that they're if if because Disney bought Fox. They're maybe trying to. They're trying to. It's not finalized. If that happens, then how hard is it to get all that stuff back into the Marvel universe? But that's that's what I thought would be great. To, again, if even if they just planted the seed for a possibility, and then down the road say, "Oh yeah, that's when I sold that. It was to this guy Reed." So, go ahead. I, I, I was gonna say I do. I've been thinking for a while that if the if they introduce Fantastic Four, say like um, you know the post credit scene of the next one, at least the hint towards it. You could essentially start to weed out the core Avengers and make the next uh, story arc that you could do kind of the Fantastic Four as the central group. Because you think about how many of the characters that are established have some type of relationship with um, the Fantastic Four. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Spidey, um, Doctor Strange, uh, you could just go down a list. So you can almost have them kind of um fill that void that if you start taking away the avengers more or less um that they could easily take up and keep moving forward plus you have dr doom who you know if they don't ruin him in the first fantastic four movie they could essentially build him up as kind of like a, a thanosis type uh character or, or you know you can play with all the other ones that are in the um right. fantastic four universe you could you could bring in galactus to be the next world bearing yeah. destroyer um you could even just go right from with Fantastic Four, you could go and do Secret Invasion. You could do almost anything and, and give it a similar take on what you've built up to. Um, just, again, making FF the more central group with the Avengers. As back Plus, you have Avengers. X-Men, too, yeah. to play with. Now, was I being naive in not knowing that Hawkeye and Ant-Man were not in this movie? Uh, that uh, they were a, uh, yeah, it came as a kind of a disappointing surprise to me, too. Yeah, I thought they'd show up. At some point. Okay, I, I didn't know because, like I said, it permits to avoid yeah. all kind of spoilers. I expected them to be in it. I was surprised they weren't. Okay. Matt, you say they were cut? Y- yeah, because I, I, uh, a lot of people were upset. But one of the articles that I read before I saw it is that their scenes kind of got cut from the, the final movie. Uh, which I was at least glad they they mentioned where they are and what happened to them. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the, their scenes got cut. And, so. I, and I accept their their explanation of it well enough, too. Sure. Uh, they're the only members that I know of who really have families, families. Right. right, of the yeah. Avengers. But I mean, I know we'll see Ant Man and the Wasp coming up in July. Oh. And I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, but don't say is, that trailer looked fantastic. Well, I can oh. watch Evangeline Lily all day long. <laughs> I've, I've hey, got, it, I've got it takes that two to make a thing go right. Oh my god! Hey, stop it! That's hilarious! How you guys trying to pull here? I've got that was the, your mic. music in the. I'll turn your mic down. I'll turn your mic down. There you go. That that first <laughs> little trailer with whatever song and beat. That is that has been running through my head all week. Ad- Ad- it's an Adamant song. Well, and I wondered if they used part of that for the solo trailer too. I want to I want to get them and, and watch them kind of simultaneously. Well, do it on your own time, sir. Oh, I will. <laughs> um, well, that, that, that doesn't ruin the movie by saying what music. I don't want to know nothing about nothing, sir. Uh, that new. What, what did you guys think about awesome. the Wakandan battle or the the, the fight in Wakanda? I actually Just, I like that it wasn't in. I mean, there was enough happening and enough has happened in New York. I was glad to see something happening somewhere far away from anything except Wakanda. So there would be like collateral damage, like buildings, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing? Okay. Like, like everything's culminating there. They have the technology that could help prevent things from progressing quickly. It, it was the best place to have that battle since it had to happen. I like the scene where uh, Shuri showed up Bruce Banner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, well, that was I, uh, 
I, I didn't think about it, but I liked how it played out where, where they're running, where, where uh, the group is running towards those riders or whatever they were called. Outriders, yeah. And um, you see everyone running, and all of a sudden, Cap and, uh, or Steve and uh, Black Panther are yeah. leading the, you know, ahead of everybody else. And it's like, yep. oh, yeah, that's right. They are enhanced, so they would be the first ones to kind of jump into the fray. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was that was very well done. Just a little extra thing that makes complete sense when you see it, but I don't know if they didn't do it that way, you wouldn't really notice it because they would have been running with everybody else. But it was it was just a great little thing to show how powerful they are and how ready they are to defend not only Black Panther with Wakanda, but really the world for for him for just opening Wakanda up to the world. Um, and, yeah, it was good. Oh, go ahead. Um, the other thing, and I have to admit, I completely forgot about him. But when I'm watching, all of a sudden, uh, Thor, Groot, and Rocket appear. Mm-hmm. At first, I was like, oh, man, now what's happening? Is this where Thanos shows up? And I was like, oh, that's right. Thor's in this movie, too. <laughs> uh, so just kind of see him show up and then um, take out. And I kind of like that. I am Groot. I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> and you got a haircut. You, you copied my beard. Yeah. But, yeah, that scene, I think, was where we had the loudest applause in the theater both times when Thor appeared. I had a, a Cap was a close second behind. Uh, came yeah. out of the shadows. That was the, in the first viewing I had. That was the biggest one that we had was when Cap came out, and I wasn't. I was like, "Who's behind there in the shadow?" It didn't even dawn on me that that was Cap. I was expecting something else to come out of there. I don't know what, but then all of a sudden I'm like, "Oh, okay, well, that makes sense. It's Cap." So I never got. I should have thought of that. But that was a great scene too. I love the interaction between Vision and Wanda. I thought that was very mm. touching all the way through from the beginning right through the end. Um, every time they were on screen together, I thought they were very, very believable, very well done, very deserved the, of, of what they were the, doing. The things I didn't care for so much was um, I didn't care for uh, when Peter died. I thought that was overly overdramatic um, and, and long. Uh, I didn't care for Black Widow's new look. Uh, I, I thought Peter w- or Spider-Man's written better in Civil War in this movie aside from when he died. And when him and Tony are kind of having that argument of, hey, you shouldn't be here, should have left, uh, much more than uh, the dialogue that he had in his solo movie. So I, I hope that these guys, the, the writers for this movie, uh, you know, wear off on the writers for the sequel to kind of make his dialogue a little bit better. Hmm. Yeah, I'm with you there on the subject of the Tom Holland Spider-Man, Matt. Um, yeah, I... It's it's an interesting dynamic that uh, Tony and uh, well, the, the Robert Downey Tony and that Spider Man have on screen. I just kind of wish. I mean, it's it, it's fun to listen to, but I wish it were somewhat different because Spider Man shouldn't be like a little little intern to Tony Stark. You know, he's, his motivations are different, um, and, and poor Uncle Ben has been kind of swept under the rug. But I, I agree with you that the way he was written in his uh, solo movie, Homecoming, didn't do much for me, and I'd like to maybe see some other people than people who used to be on Freaks and Geeks uh, be involved in the next movie there. Well, I don't uh, disagree with that. I enjoyed Homecoming well enough, and I didn't think it was that bad i i certainly liked the dialogue in the movie better i think than than both of you the way it sounds but i wouldn't mind that either if it was a step up from that come mm. the next spider-man movie yeah, it won't be precisely the same tone i'm sure yeah. i think i've heard rumors that it involves him uh, traveling beyond the context ah, of, well then, sitting right here well take off your headphones for a second <laughs> <laughs> um 
He's leaving New York for a while. Oh, no! There. I also, he did in Homecoming. I didn't think... Um, <laughs> well, he's going a little further afield than a field trip yeah. to Washington, D.C. Yeah. I didn't think that... I, I will agree, Matt, that I thought it was odd about how slow Peter died compared to everybody else. But I didn't mind the dialogue between them. Um, and that was... Again, even if Tony knows what's going to happen or what should happen based on what Doctor Strange did, you still have this heart-wrenching thing where... Just like in what he said in Homecoming, it's on him now that Peter died. If good or bad, if it doesn't work out, it's all on Tony for that because he really brought him in when he probably shouldn't have, but he did. And that scene, I think, got the biggest amount of gasps in the screenings that I saw. Yeah. People were like, oh, my God. Afterwards, are people saying that that really got to them? I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. See, that didn't get to me at all because I know that they're not going to die. I, yeah. I get that. But it's interesting seeing a different perspective oh, sure. from a non-necessarily sure. comic book fan. Maybe it's a heartfelt. I don't know. I don't get it. I, I did think it was touching. I like the father sonish kind of thing that that came out. But then again, we all know I'm sappy for that, so I, I didn't mind it in that one. But yeah, I didn't. It wasn't like I think he's gone because that's just ludicrous to think. Yeah. Hey, I got got to get going in a, in another minute or so. I, I did want to throw something. At, it it didn't. It wasn't something I liked. This wasn't something I disliked. I uh, chuckled at the at the irony of the line that um, was in there about you know when we opened up Wakanda. This isn't what I had in mind. And she said, you know, maybe a Starbucks. Yeah. So after what happened in Philadelphia uh, oh. a couple weeks ago, I thought, oh, that's kind of funny that you would say Starbucks in there. <laughs> uh, so I, I kind of chuckled at the irony of that. But uh, I would put this as five, but I still can't put it as the top in the group. I know we're not ranking them, but um, it, it's within easily within the top five, but I still can't put it as the top. And, ooh, a lot of crack there. The last thing so I what is to your add top before then? I... Pardon? What is your top then? You no, brought... save that for the ranking. Oh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> well, it's been the same thing, so it's no big deal. Right, Winter right. Soldier. Okay. It's still the top for me. But, um, but before I, I go, I did want to say uh, we're recording this on, on May 2nd, mm. which is the four-year anniversary of, of, of James passing. Um, so just a quick throw that out there. And I come, came to realize that he's trolling me uh, because... 5-2 is today. His team beat my team in the Super Bowl, which the 52nd <laughs> Super Bowl. So uh, he, he's trolling me. And when I text Sean about that today, she said he's looking down, smiling on me, knowing that. And I advise that I'm looking skyward, flipping him the bird <laughs> because of that. So um, hey, it was great talking with you guys. Yes. Sorry if you heard any of the kids in the background. That's but, all right. uh, it's, it's classic uh, CGS. with you guys later. Then. Yeah. All right, man. See you, Matt. All right. Take Bye. care. Yeah, right. Good night, Matt. Bye. Bye. <laughs> all right um so they gave the, do we have anything else we want to add for the film here at all uh, <coughs> well, we were kind of on the the pattern of things that we thought the movie uh well matt was uh, airing his grievances there uh things i thought the movie <laughs> needed more of we we've talked about how, what a difficult uh feat of plate spinning it is to get all these different <laughs> characters involved yes in a meaningful way uh some characters that i thought kind of got lost in the shuffle in addition to the obvious hawkeye ant-man and wasp i didn't think the falcon really got his moment yeah, yeah, and and I I expected a little bit of a moment between him and Rhodey, given what happened in Civil War. Would have been nice. Just a little bit more, and and you did. Yeah, that so, wasn't really. It was kind of glazed over. Yeah, yeah. I expected them to, to say or do something, not not mean or angry, but just something. And you kind of got that with Rhodey looking for Falcon at the end after he had already disappeared. Sure. But 
I, I was just looking for something a little bit more. I thought mm. they'd have a line or something together. Just a little more for the character to do in general. Yeah. Nice. Um, and in response to what you and Chris both said about uh, the Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you that I like the way they developed her relationship with the Vision. It was somewhat touching, but mainly on the Vision side of things, I thought, because it was like this, this artificial man learning to love. And uh, Chris is absolutely right. You know, he said we talked about this during, during the screening. Uh, that uh, we, we You finally, talked during the screening? Yes. We were sitting next to each other, and we did. Uh, exchange a yeah, few words in the theater. I don't do that. It happens. Um, but yeah, the Scarlet Witch's powers are much better on display in this movie, but I'm still waiting for them to really bring across her personality, you know, build a character for her that doesn't involve her losing someone she loves and or going on the rampage with her chaos powers. And it's like, like, all we ever see is her grieving or angry and it would be nice if they made a, a Black Widow movie, if we finally get that Black Widow solo flick, if she mm-hmm. could come along as like a supporting character, kind of the way Black Widow herself came along during with uh, Steve Rogers in The Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, so then maybe we could delve into her a little bit more since the chances of her ever getting a solo picture are pretty much nil. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she needs a little more development. The powers are there. The relationship with Vision is there. But uh, who is she? Yeah. That's what the, the moviegoers need to see that. And on the subject of well, – go ahead first. Okay. Well – on the subject of her, and maybe you were going to say the same thing, is it me or did she not have her accent through the whole first half of the movie? Uh, are you talking about Black Widow or Scarlet Witch? Scarlet Witch. Witch. Um, and then towards she never really the had end. Mu- did she have one in, uh, in Avengers Ultron? Yeah, yeah. It was there and a little bit in um, Civil War. Civil War. I just didn't sound like it was there at all. And then all of a sudden towards the end, I thought it was there again. And I'm like, okay, maybe Probably I'm just hearing shot things. shot the scenes out of order. Kind of like Princess Leia's accent in the, the uh, yeah, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It wasn't. Didn't, it's just something I noticed, and, and I could be wrong. Just wanted to know if anybody else heard yeah, it. Maybe she had been working on eliminating it. Could be. Maybe uh, she'd been getting dialect coaching from uh, Natasha. Yeah, who oh, lost absolutely. her Russian accent long ago. Absolutely. But, yeah, but speaking of Natasha, she was kind of wasted in this one, I thought. I thought so, too. There was not nearly enough of her. She wasn't using her talents very much. There wasn't even a one-liner about her new hair color. Yeah. And I agree with Matt that the, the, the peroxide look didn't really no. work for her. And it, would have been, and it really bore some explanation. I mean, maybe he's got some Matt. One of the things I wanted to ask him, include, I wanted to ask Matt, too, since he's got all the behind-the-scenes information, <laughs> all the Hollywood rags he seems to read, if, if he knew why the Infinity Gems colors had to be switched around the way they were, because that was bothering the heck out of me, I must admit, while I was watching the movie. But maybe he would also know something about uh, the hair color of, of uh, Scarlett Johansson in, in that role. Yeah. And I think uh, no, I, I think that was it. Those, those were the ones that I thought uh, needed a little more screen time. Okay. But it's it's only it's only a two and a half hour movie after all. And yeah, got and, and how I many agree. Characters. It flew by. Like oh crazy. yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah. It was nonstop. I loved, absolutely loved, and it fit perfectly. Star Lord when they're battling Thanos, and he says something. Boom! <laughs> Flips Thanos the bird, falls behind into a vortex or a, a portal that Doctor Strange opens up. I just laughed, and the kids looked at me each time, and they like kind of chuckled at me. <laughs> <sighs> Good they didn't know who away. Grimace was either, did they? Um, probably not. I, I know they have known who he is in the past. They used to, once in a while, we'd go to McDonald's or something, and they would get a plastic oh, puppet. Oh, yeah, those I, I they remember They had those. them yet. Um, so if I say it, they'll know, but I don't know if they realized it in that moment of the movie. Hmm. But they, they do know who Grimace is. Well, that is good. So. <laughs> I had a... Avengers moment today. I was going to get my eyes examined by Dr. Pete Calder, mm-hmm. a friend of ours. I've known him for 18 years, and he's actually been on the show a couple of times. Sure. Mm-hmm. Came with us to San Diego that one yes. time. Yes, and uh, he must have known that I was coming in today for an appointment, because when he walked in the room, 
He's wearing the Infinity Gauntlet that makes a noise and has the colors of the lights up. I just laughed. I just lost it. It was amazing. Can you imagine walking around the office the rest of the day with the console? And, of course, he loved the movie as well. So it's funny. It was just a lot of fun. Um, anything else for the movie before we give our freaking swears? I'm sure I'll think of ten things on the drive yeah, home. Yeah. I mean, just, it's not like I ever thought that they couldn't pull it off, but... Boy, it's surprising to see how well they pull it off. Yeah. And, and it, it just continues to keep getting the bar set higher and higher. They do better and better. I, I didn't expect Thanos to look so well done, and I, it, was, it was incredible. I thought the, 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 the special effects on him were so much more phenomenal than I ever thought they would be. Again, not that it would be bad, but, boy, it really looked good. I, I really applaud them for what they put into it. A thought from our friend Jamal Eigel. Uh, he posted on Facebook, among other things, that uh, this movie uh, made him care about uh, bootleg dark side, and that's <laughs> that's an accomplishment in itself. And he was talking about Thanos. And yeah, I don't know if you, Jamal, I don't know if you're listening, but uh, I'm a little disappointed in you, buddy. If uh, there's a heck of a lot more to Thanos, especially as Jim Starlin wrote him, than bootleg dark side. And if you think <laughs> that about him, you just haven't read the right comics. That is all I can say. Maybe I'll, I'll be able to reproach him in person at, at Heroes Con, hopefully. All right. Well, uh, frickin' swears, of course. Five frickin' swears. Yeah. Yep, five for me, too. It's rocketed right up into my top three Marvel movies. I, I, I don't know about that. I, 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 gotta I haven't thought about rankings. for it. I mean, I really yeah. enjoyed it, but I, I can't get into those rankings. I mean, that's, that's great. Everyone loves the top, you know, top ten lists or top five lists. I've, I've really got to go with Marvel movies almost to a top ten now. I can't squeeze everything up there. There's so many. Oh, just to think, 19, 20 movies this July in 10 plus a couple months years. That's incredible. It's crazy. And, 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 you know, I mean, I'm a huge Star Trek fan, a huge Star Wars fan, huge James Bond fan. There is no franchise that has been able to do what Marvel Studios has done. There just isn't. No matter, no matter whether you like the genre, whether you think superhero movies are a waste or not, there is no franchise ever that has made this amount of money in 10 years mm-hmm. And has such a strong following of both people who read comics and follow these movies and people who don't. And the heck of it is, the strategy was just sitting right there out in the open for all these years because what Marvel Studios is doing is basically what Stan Lee did back in the 60s at the dawn of the Marvel Age of Comics. They found a way to make it work for films. You know, people. I'm sure geeks in the back rooms of comic shops have been saying for years that they could only do some kind of line-wide continuity thing for movies or TV shows based on these characters. The same way they've done on the comics for decades, mm-hmm. they'd make a mint. And what do you yeah, know? Kevin are. Feige and company have uh, proved those uh, backroom geeks 100% right. And they're being hailed as next-level geniuses for it. Yeah. <laughs> so another tip of the hat to Stan Lee for that. And And I don't get into conversations with people not that there are many that are had i don't get into well these are so much better than dc dc i i like the dc movies just well enough i just think the marvel movies are doing gangbusters it's just at the right time dc's had a great one with a lot of movies i'm still going to go see every movie that comes out i'm still interested in them but boy oh boy i'm just impressed with what marvel studios has been able to do in such a short period of time i know we're probably Preach to the choir here, but if you haven't read or know much about the background of some of these characters or Infinity Gauntlet or War itself, 
free, free comic book day this weekend. It's a great excuse to get into your local comic shops, yeah. uh, get some trades. I'm sure there's a lot of sales going. I'm going to try to hit as many stores as I can. I'm, I'm heading out to New Jersey uh, this weekend, heading to New York on Sunday, try to get as many shops mm-hmm. as I can in between there. Cool. Um, Golden Eagle is having their sort of like new grand That's opening. Right. I want to hit there. Yeah, if they can get themselves open in time, yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> they're having some setbacks of their new location right oh. now. But also DC Nation Zero is out for like 25 cents this week. Yep. So uh, there's a lot, of inexpensive, uh, a lot of inexpensive comics out there. And to get yourself started, would you suggest anything for Infinity War fans to read? Um, Go on. Mm. Uh, if you can find Thanos Quest in a reprint anywhere. that that As I mentioned earlier, that's a two-issue miniseries that uh, Jim Starlin wrote back in 1990. It was a uh, sort of a prologue to the Infinity Gauntlet story. It tells how Thanos gathered the gems from the uh, elders of the universe, including the Collector, um, who had them at that time. So you really get to see Thanos use many of his different skills, his cunning, his brutality, uh, to, to make uh, his little dream of uh, universal conquest and make it a reality. It's a good look into inside the, fa- the, the psyche of that character. Uh, also try Jim Starlin's classic uh, Warlock comics of the early 70s when he really put his um, not only his stamp on that character but he developed uh, Thanos far for uh, more than he had an opportunity to do elsewhere and then develops kind of a duality uh, between uh, Thanos and Warlock. Do they have those pretty well traded now? Uh, there is a soft cover Warlock by Jim Starlin uh, a trade paperback that uh, collects his couple issues of Strange Tales, the Warlock solo series that followed, and I think uh, the, sto- the crossover between like Avengers and Marvel 2-in-1 annuals okay. uh, that uh, brought the saga of those two characters temporarily to a close. Okay. So I definitely recommend those, and of course the miniseries Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War. Um, there's also the Infinity Crusade, but uh, <laughs> while I didn't hate it, I can't really recommend it either. That was the <laughs> third get- and final installment in the Infinity Trilogy, and it was a little disappointing. I want to get a hold of War. I did for the first time read gauntlet over the summer um i've always been meaning to read that and uh, maybe at some mm. point i oh. liked it i expected to like it a little bit more it's not bad um i just didn't i thought i would i had built it up as something that should be so grand that when i read it, i'm like all right it was really good mm. but i i want to that's when i came to you months ago and said what comes next and i want to read war and see what what comes of that if if together i i like them a little bit better mm. Yeah, I, I still I – mean, I read War before I read Gauntlet, and to this day I think I actually enjoy War a little bit better, if only because there's more action involved. Okay. Uh, and let's not forget the Infinity, the, the miniseries titled simply Infinity from just a, a few years ago by Jonathan Hickman because that introduces a bunch of characters okay. uh, like, like Thanos' uh, uh, acolytes, uh, the, the, the Black Order, the children of Thanos. Um, yeah, so – and for more information about Thanos, contact your local library. <laughs> and, of, more about and of course, out today as we record this, May 2nd, is Avengers number 1, uh, written by Jason Aaron, uh, drawn by Ed McGuinness. So that's, uh, I don't know if it's a new jumping on point for a lot of people, but it's a new Avengers number 1 coming out the week of the movie coming out. So I think that's a great... Mm-hmm. Um, it's got Odin, Son, Thor back in yeah. it. I think it ties into those prehistoric Avengers that uh, Aaron set up during the in the Marvel Legacy one shot a yeah. while ago. Hmm. So hopefully, folks, give that a shot. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Once again, this episode is brought to you by Collection Drawers, the makers of drawer boxes. You can check them out at collectiondrawer.com. Visit us at comicgeekspeak.com to send an email. The address is comicgeekspeak at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, the number is 267-702-6642. Stop by thecomicforums.vanillaforums.com and let us know what you think of Avengers Infinity War. If I can get the words out of my mouth. There's always a thread going on right now. 
That's good. Yeah. I, I'm behind on I've, that. I've one. stayed away from it because I didn't want to <laughs> get spoiled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Thanks to everyone who contributes to the episodes. We appreciate it. Keep sending stuff in for Mert. I'm sure we'll get back to muddling him at some point. <laughs> and as always, we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes one listener at a time. Laser beams of pain like the seas